Welcome to the Small Business Edge 5 and 5, sponsored by Pitney Bowes. Five questions, five minutes, one exciting guest. Now, here's your host, Brian Moran. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Small Business Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Moran, and today is our 5 and 5 monthly segment where we ask five questions in five minutes to one guest expert. And our expert this month is Rudy Leuschner, an associate professor in the Department of Supply Chain Management and the program director for the online Master in Science and Supply Chain Management program at Rutgers Business School. His research focuses on the end-to-end supply chain and the integration of its three primary flows, products, information, and finances. With that, I want to welcome to the Small Business Edge podcast five and five segment, Rudy Leuschner. Thank you for having me, Brian. Oh, it's my pleasure, Rudy. Uh, you and I actually met last month at Rutgers Business School. We uh, both participated in a panel on supply chain at the New Jersey Small Business Development Center Symposium. And I immediately handed you my business card and I said, I have to have you on my podcast. <laughs> so and I never pass up an opportunity. So, so it's great to be here. Right. Well, I'm excited and I know my listeners will appreciate all of the wisdom and and information and takeaways you have to share. So let's get into it. So here's question one of our five and five. Business owners have learned a lot about, actually more than they ever thought they would need to know about supply chain and logistics over the last two years. What, What is the current state of supply chain in America? Well, a lot of people have seen supply chain disruptions and felt them and uh, noticed how they affected their businesses. Mm -hmm. And um, we definitely saw them happen because of the pandemic, because of lockdowns in China, because of uh, slowdowns in ocean transportation from Asia to the uh, US. And some of these things will continue because they are inevitable. Disruptions happen for several reasons. Maybe we'll have another weather event or or something like that that will cause disruptions. We've seen labor um, disputes. So these are things that happen. Mm -hmm. We just haven't seen them happen at the rate that that we've seen them over the last two, three years. Um, So so I think everything is going to quiet down. Um, we, We did see the transportation issues have largely resolved themselves. So it should be more smoother sailing up ahead, but um, disruptions can always happen. Well, my next question, were there any silver linings in the whole supply chain mess? Well, I think most companies that are managing their supply chain have actually seen the worst case scenario happen. And it's not just an academic thought exercise that shipments might be stuck in a port for two months uh, at a time. So um, that has forced all of uh, these businesses to build in more resilience. So that resilience might be holding extra inventory or um, (laughs) trying to find alternative suppliers or trying to find alternative modes of transportation. So all of these things are good things for the overall resilience of our supply chain. So if, if, Anything is a silver lining is knowledge and uh, and ex- uh, expertise. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it, it, I love that word resilience. Uh, and I think that's definitely, if your business is still around today, then I think you're stronger, smarter, and more productive than you were two years ago because you were forced to address some of the weaknesses in your business and your supply chain. 
No doubt about that. Okay. Third question. As we look to 2023, what can American businesses expect from China in terms of importing from there and sourcing materials? Well, we have seen a lot about the influence of China or the importance of China diminishing. And in a sense, that isn't untrue, but we're not going to necessarily decline but we're going to see a focus on other countries away from China. So um, in the past 20 years, most of the investment has been focused on China. I think what we're going to see in the next five years is more attention being paid to other countries outside of China. So relatively, I think we'll, we'll see China relatively less important, but in absolute terms, there's actually not really a good way to shut down factories in China. Yeah, um, especially yeah. Uh, U.S. Uh, managed factories. Exiting yeah. from China is not that easy or even possible in some cases. So we're not going to see China going away in any sense, but we're going to see other countries rise up. Importers I've talked to have, have mentioned, often mentioned Vietnam and Cambodia as two countries that they have moved some of their manufacturing to. Absolutely. And those are great countries to manufacture in. But you also have to look at the relative population we're talking about. Right, right. Fractions. Maybe oh, yeah. 10% yeah. of the population in China that China has. And they are further behind in terms of manufacturing technology. So um, there's a lot of catching up to do. And uh, no Vietnam or Cambodia can ever replace China. But you take a couple of countries and... Uh, I would even point at countries in Central America that have great potential to to do some more nearshoring, um, and yeah. and and it might uh, might make a difference. Great point, great point. Uh, fourth question: What's your outlook for importing and exporting around the world next year? You know, we've mentioned Central America, other parts of Asia. Uh, are there any specific opportunities or obstacles that you see specifically for American companies? Well, I, th I think a lot has to do with um, trying to build up new manufacturing opportunities, new import opportunities, um, where some of those countries haven't had much uh, happening so far. Mm -hmm. But I think in, in general, if I even step back, um, we're, we're seeing a little bit of a normalization. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, there was an amplification of, uh, uh, of things happening during the pandemic. And I think when people are talking about the decline, it's not decline from where we were two years ago. I think it's coming back to the level from two, three years ago. Mm -hmm. And I think we'll see more of a normalization of things. Um, and, and I think that's probably the biggest uh, prediction that I can make at this point. Okay. Okay. You know, it's interesting. I, I've done some work with a company in uh, outside Columbus, Ohio called American Nitrile. They're a glove manufacturer. And this is a young, young man. He's 30 years old saw the opportunity, you know, it, during the pandemic where gloves were so hard to get, 90% of them coming from China and Malaysia. He built a factory in Columbus, put about $150 million into it, and they just started producing nitrile gloves, uh, right. all for domestic sourcing. It's a great story. I love sharing it. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, that's somebody who saw an opportunity and it's not something that you can change overnight. I mean, he's been working on this for about two years now, but they're just starting to produce it. And, you know, he's a long-term thinker. That's, I think that's probably the best example of how pandemic changed the mindset. 
They're probably not going to be less expensive, but you're going to get them on time, probably higher quality because they didn't have to go through all the shipping and whatnot. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, last question. So what's the best approach? Now, you you also specialize in supply chain financing. So what's the best approach to supply chain financing for business owners in 23, given higher interest rates, ongoing inflation concerns, and higher variable costs? So um, supply chain financing has been a, a important topic and really the the, the most uh, gains that we've seen were during the pandemic as, mm-hmm. as companies w- w- had disruptions, uh, they, they might have not been able to sell their products um, and short-term cash needs became much more important. Um, a lot of them have turned to supply chain financing. What, what is important about it is that it is very cheap for very large companies to do, but it's still relatively cheap for smaller companies to do. You have to start looking at um, what kind of providers specialize on smaller businesses, but they are out there. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it's not going to be Citibank. It's not going to be HSBC. They want to work with Fortune 50 companies. And even those programs only work with suppliers that are their top 50 suppliers, which are still gigantic companies. So for smaller businesses, you have to look around what the right provider is. And relatively, when we're talking about supply chain financing, we're, we're not talking about a company getting a loan, but it, we're financing a transaction so that the buyer can pay a lot later and the seller gets paid very, very early. So and instead of uh, uh, the typical 30 to 60 day payment terms, the supplier gets paid on day five, day 10, and the mm-hmm. buyer can push it back to 120 days. So, so that whole time span is all money in the bank for both parties. And, and that's the power of it because yeah. the, the one side gets a very uh, uh, early payment at a ridiculously low discount rate. So, so you barely give up any money to get that early payment. And then yeah. the the buyer gets to keep their cash a lot longer. So, so mm-hmm. that, uh, bo- both our checking accounts are going to go up uh, as a result <laughs> of doing that. But you have to find the right partners. And, and there, there are yeah. companies typically not banks that uh, that will do that well. And, and I also know of a lot of uh, large buyers that are starting programs specifically for small businesses, for diverse suppliers. Uh, mm. One example that I know very well is Merck. Yeah, they're doing their they're doing their own supply chain financing. Yes. And, and it's only geared towards small businesses. They're, they're, they're not talking about big suppliers. Yeah. And it is a tool to develop those those small businesses. So if you keep your, um, if you're a supplier to a large company, if if they approach you with something like that, they want you to be healthier. They want you to have that cash flow. Yeah. Um, because that's in their interest. And then going back to the, all the resilience discussion that we had earlier, that that's what it is uh, about for them. But then for you, you get uh, paid very quickly, and that that makes a huge difference. I love that. I love that. And I'll put in a plug for the sponsor of these programs, Pitney Bowes. Pitney Bowes Bank actually offers some tremendous opportunities for business owners in supply chain financing. So definitely look at them as well. Final thoughts. So it, I know our listeners are interested in this because they email me and they tell me about it, you know, that they want me to cover more about supply chain and what they can expect because normally they wouldn't have access to 
people like yourself. So if any of our listeners wanted to get in touch with you to learn more about the work you're doing, or maybe they have a question, what's the best way for them to to reach out to you? I am very easy to Google. The the Rutgers Business School um, uh, profile page is is up there. You can uh, reach me via email. Um, You can reach me on LinkedIn. You can find me on my my website, scmprof.com. Happy to have uh, conversations with all of you. Fantastic. I'll make sure that we put that in the resource page as well. Ways for them to get in touch with you. Rudy, thank you so much for being part of our 5 and 5 podcast. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. It's a pleasure Great. to be here. And thank you to our listeners. You asked, we delivered. Uh, you wanted more uh, information about what to expect next year in terms of supply chain, supply chain financing. We we bring you access to people like uh, Rudy Leuschner, who uh, has his finger on the pulse of everything that's happening on a daily basis. And I also obviously want to thank Pitney Bowes. Pitney Bowes has been a longtime sponsor of the Small Business Edge podcast. They're a great resource for business owners, and uh, especially in terms of supply chain and supply chain financing. So check them out. We'll make sure to list them in the resource page as well. And in the meantime, have a great day in whatever business it is that you're doing. And we will see you next week on another episode of the Small Business Edge podcast. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Edge 5 and 5, sponsored by Pitney Bowes. To find more podcasts, just visit smallbusinessedge.com. Join us next time for more 5 and 5.